Well, good morning. Greetings to you in Jesus' name. I guess I could somebody or suggest at one time that I should maybe have a message in German. <laughs> it, it might just be a tingling symbol for some of us. <laughs> we could I know what I would be saying. But if you don't know what I'm saying, what good does it? I mean, for a few minutes, it'd be fun, wouldn't it? It'd be, and I, well, I wonder what, the, oh, once you'd be, oh, I'm tired of this. You know, I don't have, I don't know a word that he's saying. So anyway, sometimes maybe we do that in life, even if we're speaking the same language. Um, do we know, or have you ever wondered how did Adam and Eve understand God? Who taught them the language? I mean, God did, obviously, but there's a lot of things that they learned. Oh, no. I imagine they just knew. They were created. They were created by God. So, anyway, after, you know, the fall, because of the fall, there's different languages and all of that, but we're not going there this morning. I just thought it would be kind of interesting. So... Um, beginning of the year, beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, and uh, I am always uh, blessed with the how, how the Bible begins. You know where it begins? In the beginning. Now, it's not the beginning of God. It's not the beginning of his glory. It's not the beginning of love. It's not the beginning of that. It is the beginning of creation, of what, of the world. It is the beginning of that which we know, the time. That's the beginning of that. But our God that created that has always, now, when we say has always been, I'm not sure if that's the proper term. He always is. He always is. I am that I am. I am that I am. There is no past to God. We can, can we comprehend that there is no, I say there's no, there's just no beginning to God. He is. He always will be. He always, I said it wrong again, he always is. <laughs> and, and so that is, that is where we're at. We're living in time. And to think of who God is, we have to think outside of that. We have to accept outside of that. Is it possible to think outside I'm not sure that it is, but we have to accept outside of that. There is just some things that we just don't get. We won't get it. We, we are not. We just won't get it because we can't get it. The enormity of God, just the amazingness. So I'm going to read, starting in chapter 1, and it, they say it takes about 84 hours to one sitting to read the Bible through. So we should be done in a few days. It'll take a while, but well, 
like to keep, read one in chapter 1 and 2. And uh, I won't read the whole Bible. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without void, or the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and that it was good, and God divided the light from darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, Let there be a firmament, firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so, and God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth, brought forth grass and the herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light unto the earth, and it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that have life, and the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created the great whales and every living creature that moveth, which, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the sea, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the Fifth day, and God said, "Let the earth bring forth the living, bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things, and the beasts of the earth after his kind." And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, "Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them." have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. 
and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given thee every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that was he God saw everything that was that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now chapter 2. And thus the heavens of the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested, upon, he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he rested from all his work which God created and made. These are the generations of the heavens of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens and every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the earth and God and the Lord God formed man of dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils that the breath of life and the man became a living soul. And God, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put man whom he formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree in the, that is pleasant to, to the sight and good for food, and the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the river went out of Eden to the water to water the garden. From thence it parted and became into four heads in the name of the first is Piacin, which is com- composes the whole land of Havilah, where uh, there is gold, and the gold of the land is good, and there is bdellium and the onyx stone, and the name of the second is uh, Gion, and the, sa- the same is it that com- compa- uh, composes the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hittichel, that which is, which goeth, Toward the east of Assyria, and the and fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely, and eat. of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof shalt uh, thou sure shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. And out of the ground and out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam uh, to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took out, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which God, the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And therefore shall man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So that is now before sin came into the world, the creation 
I always enjoy reading that. It's fascinating. It would have been interesting to see that all happen. When God spoke, it became. When God speaks, it is. So, the amazing thing there, he, he, well, one said, let us, which would be God and his son, Jesus, who was before the foundation of the earth also. And, yeah, the, the, the world was, the world we are in, what is created by God, it is for his glory. That is why he created, that's why he created the world, for his glory. That is why he created you. That is the most important thing to remember, that is we are created in his image. We are created, created in God's image by whom? By God. Why? For his glory. And why would he not take care of us? Why would he not take care of that which he created for his glory? He will take care of you. He will take care of you. We need to enter into his rest, into that which he created. You're part of God's plan. Sometimes it might feel like you're not part of the plan. Who notices you? What are you here for? Are you worth even being around? Is it worth for you to be around? Is what you do important? Is that important at all? I think it's very important. Who you are is very important. It is very important. Um, does God really care about you? Do you think he really cares about you? I think he does. In 1 Peter 5, 6, it says, humble yourselves. Now, we, do not, we cannot believe that God cares for us if we are prideful, if we have pride. It might even be the hidden pride to think that God does not do what he said he will. He cares for us. He loves us. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. He cares for us. Now, if God cares for you, God created you in his image, so therefore he will care for you. Why do we need care? Why would we need care? There must be an opposing force. There must be something there that is trying to take us away from our purpose. Because if not, we would just be, we, would, we wouldn't have nothing to worry about. But there is something that we must do. We must humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We have to say he is bigger than us. He is, he is divine. He is good. He knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. And that's why he made me. All right, so now we ask the question, well, will he take care of us then? If he knows what he's doing, will he take care of me now? 
I'm just I'm going to try to keep it fairly elementary, and just yes, he will take care of you. He said he will. You are his. You're his. You're the apple of his eye. So therefore, he will care for you. And we must, if we have pride, a form of pride can be say, well, you know what, I'm just not good enough. I, I might just not be good enough. I, I, I am this, or I am that, or I can't do this, or I can't do that. And I just continually do this. I stumble and I fall. And that's pride. That can be pride. So we need to be careful of that. Is That is not who I am. That is not who I am. I am a child of God created by Him for a purpose, to bring Him glory. So therefore, I can get through that. He has provided a way for us to get through that. And it says, the opposing, the opposing forces the devil. He wants you to believe that you're not worth it, that you're not good enough, that you need, that you can't be good enough for God. Well, the news is you on your own can't be good enough. It is Christ. In him we are made worthy to come before God. We are, and that's why God forgives us. I've said it many a time, that's where I'm blessed at, is when I, tr when I remember and I struggle with my abilities or my inabilities, whatever you want to call them, and I struggle with them, I remember I am not it. I am not it. It is Christ. In Him I am made whole. And Christ forgives us, as it says in Ephesians, I believe it's 4, it says, He forgives us for Christ's sake. Not for how good I am, but for Christ's sake, because of how good Christ was. He laid down his life for, him, for us. And he, he went onto the cross. He paid for every sin. Not that I have committed for the sins of the whole world, which mine are included. If I accept that, at that point, can I now start walking in his glory? And I will start. I will start walking in His glory. If I think He may, He has died. Yes, He died for the whole world's sin. But do you know how bad mine are? Do you know how? Do you know how bad I feel sometimes? Oh, I, I, I'm just not good enough. I, I just, I just don't know if I, I can do it. It's not your abilities. That's not what you're writing on. You're writing on you're writing on the creator, on God, on him. You're writing on that. That is on Christ. That is what it's about. It is about Jesus. In in 1 Peter 5:8, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And if we do not Arise above my own abilities and my, my ability to get there and to do it on my own. If we don't rise above that, we shall be devoured. We will be devoured. Because we're now fighting against the devil on our own. And we will be devoured. He looks 
whom he may devour. And I think that whom he may devour, we're, it looks like we're giving him permission to devour us. Or we're taking that away from him. No, I am a child of God. I am Christ. He has created me for a purpose. I am here for a reason. He is the one that makes me good enough. He's the one that has made me perfect. We have taken that ability away, and that, what, what Satan has, we have taken that from him, and we've given it to Christ. We choose to do that. It's a choice. So there is a purpose that God has for us, and we know that there is an opposing force. It won't just come easy. Did you know that the enemy, the enemy does not try to destroy anything good? Or if it's not good, the enemy will not try to destroy it, if I say it right. If it's not good, why would the enemy need to destroy it? So, remember, if the enemy is trying to destroy you, there's value there. You have value to your maker. If the enemy is trying to destroy you, let me tell you, he will if he can. If you allow him, he will destroy you. You are valuable. You are valuable. You're so valuable. You're, you're, Christ said you're more valuable than his own life. And he demonstrated that through action. He demonstrated that on the cross. So we have to remember that we are Christ not because we so chose first, it's because he chose us first. He chose us first. The devil, he is looking to destroy. In John 8, 44, you are of, and this is where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, which is the devil, and a vote not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of lies. We, we want to be careful that we don't tell ourselves lies. We can, we can, that is one of the most damaging things we can do to ourselves, I believe, is to tell ourselves a lie. Tell ourselves a lie. And if there was an 11th commandment, it, it may be, thou shalt not fool thyself. Because when we are telling ourselves a lie, there is, there is what, what can you do to fix it? What can you do to fix that? We have told ourselves a lie. I am broken. I am not worthy of being fixed. How do you fix that? I am not, God doesn't love me. God doesn't love me. How do you fix that outside of God? It is not possible. It is impossible to fix that. You will, there is a lot of people out there trying to do that. They're trying to fix that without God. And they do many things. They, they, they serve self. They do things that make them feel good. They will do a lot of things to try to 
maybe even alleviate the pain, or just maybe make the pain go away for a little bit. Just try to get through the day. Maybe try to get through the moment. If you tell yourself a lie like that, you cannot fix it. It will destroy you. There is a Savior that will take care of you, will fix it. He has fixed it. It is taken care of. You know, we, we are so protected every day from the enemy. We cannot see it. I don't even know that I wish to see it. You think about all these things that God protects us from every day. Because the enemy will destroy you if he can. If he can. That is saying it's not in his hands to destroy you if you don't give it to him. If you don't give him permission to destroy you, he cannot destroy you. Well, that's refreshing because we can choose now to not believe those lies. We can choose now to accept the solution, which is Christ. We can choose now to be free. We can choose now to have eternal life. We can choose to have eternal life. You mean to tell me we can choose to have eternal life? Yes, we can. See, another, this, it comes, the reason that I am so happy for that is growing up, I did not think that I could choose eternal life, that God would choose that for you. Whether you were good or not, you don't know. When you die, you may or may not be saved. It's just kind of maybe, I have been told this. It's kind of like a wheel rolling down the hill. When it gets to the bottom of the hill, you don't know whether it's going to fall left or fall right. Now, where is the hope in that? That's a disaster. That's a disaster. We can choose life. We can choose whether we're saved or not. We, we, it's not by chance. It's not by chance. When you think about how many people are out there and live a religious life that are going down that road, they don't know that they can have eternal life. 1 John 5, 13. He wrote this so that we may know that we have eternal life. So that we may know. That is, that is just disturbing. It's disturbing. And it should be. But you can actually... Take the power of the enemy away from him. If we don't give him permission to do it, and we give it to God. And that's just why daily we are protected of those things that which we cannot see. That the, the forces that are fighting. I mean, what about the person? The person that doesn't know God, the person that's not born again, do you think that person lives that day in a certain protection of God? He does. 
He gets to draw breath. He gets to get the right amount of oxygen, not too much, not too little. He gets to be, you know, have a, maybe a healthy body. The enemy would destroy that just like that if he had permission. And God does provide a protection. That is mercy. God loves his image. That person also is created in his image. The murderer, the person that is going to go out and murder in the next week. That person is created in the image of God. God wants that. He wants that to be reconciled to him. He wants that to be reconciled to him. He created him for a purpose, and that purpose was for to bring him glory. You know, that's us now thinking. Now let's think about us, the inside of us, what we really think of ourselves. What do you, what do you really think of yourself? Are you special? Are you special? Are you created by a God that is love? He actually loves you. I mean, in a way that we don't get it. We cannot comprehend it. You have never done anything so bad that he won't forgive you. Nobody has ever done anything so bad to you that he can't heal. He can heal that. You may, all, you, remember, you may remember it for the rest of your life, but he can heal that. In order for us to step into that, we must choose to trust him. It comes from a choice that we make. We choose to trust him. And that is what we need to do is to choose to trust him. And that choice requires an action. You know, when we make a decision, we make a decision. There are three frogs sitting on a lily pad. Two of them decided to jump off. How many were left? Three. Two of them decided to jump off. They didn't put any action with the decision. They just decided to. And that's what happens is when we trust God, now we must let go of some of these things. And we must say, he said he will take care of me. He said he will. He cares for me. He sent his son to die on the cross for me. Why? Because he cares. He has made a way. And then, you know, so because when we are being destroyed, when we are, when we are thinking that we're not good enough, we are actually stepping over into enemy camp and agreeing with the enemy. We're giving in to the opposition. And you are so valuable that you should fight. You should fight. You should fight because you are so valuable. It is yours. God gave it to you. His image he gave to you. 
His love. He wants to be in you. So that is why he protects us from things we cannot see. I would like to tell you what all these things are, but I don't know. I don't know. And I think in that he protects us because he knows that we couldn't maybe handle it. There's protection in that. You know, we... Um, We go down the road. We don't know what he protected us from. I mean, how close was when you go hunting? Let's say you go hunting. How close was a bullet that you didn't hear? What did some, you know, somebody might have been wanting to shoot in your direction, but something happened. The animal might have took off for whatever reason, and the guy didn't get a shot. Or maybe you were going to shoot, and he protected you from hitting somebody. Maybe you, he protects us from hurting others. We don't want to do that. Maybe he keeps us from saying something when we shouldn't have. Maybe he helps us to say something we should have. So there is many ways that we're protected. In Psalms 91, he that dwelleth in the Secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I, I, will say to the, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. It's a decision. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the no, uh, noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shall thou trust His trust. His trust, His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, and but it shall not come nigh to thee. Only with thine eye shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, the habita habitation. <clears throat> there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, and the young lion and the dragon shalt thou tremble under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So that's it's comforting to know that God will watch over us. He is watching over us. He has provided a Savior the enemy has no mercy. The enemy has no mercy. There is no, there is no mercy that the devil will give us. When we have rest, when we have peace, it comes from one source 
and one source only, and that is the Almighty God, because the enemy will not give us peace. It comes from God and God only. Mercy is from God, and that is what we need in order to receive the grace of Jesus Christ. Because without mercy, we would just be struck down. We'd be over. We couldn't even come before God without mercy. It is mercy from God. So you have it. You are so special. You are so made in such a way that if everybody else is against you, and there may be a time in your life when you feel that way, everything is against me, everybody is against me, all the forces are against me, you can depend that God is for you. If God, you know, if God is for me, who can be against me? Or what does, the question I'm going to ask is, what does it matter if everybody is against you, if God is for you? Now, if you're surrounded by a group of fellow believers, and it seems like there's a, there's a you're, you're swimming upstream, it's kind of hard, you might want to stop and look. But should I, should I be, what's happening here? Should I be considering maybe changing some ways? We can't just kick against the pricks and say, well, God will be for me, and we don't want to do that. We want to consider. We want to always gauge us. We want to always be sure that we're headed in the right direction. So mercy is from God. The enemy has zero mercy. You know, as I, I, I read that Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. I mean, this is what God created. He's pretty amazing. Actually, he's really amazing. He created the whole world by speaking it. Oh, the sun. Yeah, the sun. By speaking it. He created light. He, he, he separated the waters. I mean, you try to change the course of a creek. How much power is that? It's amazing what he did. He's, he created the whole world. Oh, he created a fish by speaking. And it came to life. It's hard for us to even catch it on a hook. Because we don't direct it. God created it. It's pretty magnificent. Have you seen some of the tall mountains? Some of the amazing scenery that we see, he made that. Do you think he can help you? He created man. He put a breath of life into man. He took a rib out of Adam's side and made a woman. Maybe that's why sometimes if I hear rib, I don't know if that's why we... <laughs> anyway, he created... People put life in them. Do you think he can take care of you? Ask him. Ask him. He wants you to speak to him, talk to him, because he will take care of you.
This message is about God taking care of you. God taking care of something that he made. If you make something and you make it for a, you build it and you do so that you have something because you want to do something with it, would you not take care of it? You do. You, you might even, like there's tools, there's some amazing tools that are built, precision tools, so that we can uh, maybe um, tune some, some medical equipment with it to save somebody's life. But they build a case to protect that tool. And they're going to take care. The person that made that tool to fix equipment is going to protect that tool. And he made a case to protect that tool so that it could serve its purpose because if it, if it breaks, it cannot serve its purpose. And that's what God did for us. He is going to protect us so that we can serve his purpose, serve him. We must seek God in humility, meaning his will, not ours. It's pretty simple. His will, not ours. His way, not my way. If we're not humble, there is only one thing in place of that. It's pride. If we're not humble, if we don't seek out God and say that he will do what he said he will do, we have pride. If we have pride, we will not learn. If we have pride, we will not learn. What are we here in life? What are we doing? We're learning. We should always, we should always be learning. If we don't learn, we will not be able to do things different. We will continue to do that which we're doing, the way that we're doing it. So the lesson will continue until the lesson is learned. The lesson in life will continue until the lesson is learned. That's a principle we, we can live by. The lesson will continue until the lesson is learned. Oh, boy, that can be painful. And... You know, just you think about it, we're, we're going through something in life and we always just, we get caught up right here. Every time we get caught up right here, there's a lesson to be learned. Start asking, what should I be learning? What's in this? Um, there's, there's a story of a salesman walking up to the porch and an old man sitting on the swing and a dog laying on the porch. And the salesman walks up on the porch and he starts talking to the guy on the porch swing in there and they're visiting and the old dog's laying down there on the porch and every once in a while that dog just lets out a whimper, just whining and whimpering and the salesman kind of looks over and, and he goes on visiting and pretty soon the dog just lets out a whimper and a whine and half a howl and just miserable. As all, it just sounds terrible. And after a Three, four times of this, the dog just howling. The salesman is like, hey, is he all right? Is, is, that, is your dog all right? He said, yeah, he, he'll be fine. He said, what's wrong with him? Well, he said, he's laying on a nail. There's a, sticking, there's a nail sticking up out of the floor, and he's laying on the nail. When it hurts bad enough, he'll get up. So we come up to this 
lesson. And why are we continuing coming up to this? Why are we continuing in the same misery? Maybe it doesn't hurt bad enough yet. If we understand that God cares for us, there's people around us that care for us, that are willing to help us maybe walk through something. And uh, because God has given us, Ken shared this morning, He has given us everything we need. We just need to start searching. Maybe it just doesn't hurt bad enough yet. When somebody continues to walk up against it again and again and again, and you see that they have, whether it be unbelief that they can't get through it or whatever it might be, it needs to hurt maybe a little bit more. I have been there. Now, there are some things sometimes that are very difficult to get through. Don't get me wrong. But God has provided a way. He really has. We must believe that. But the lesson will continue until a lesson is learned. And the continuation of the lesson may just become quite miserable if we don't learn from it. It might just be miserable. And you see people that live a miserable life, but they don't have to. They can take that from the enemy, and they can go and take it to the foot of the cross, and they can become free. They be can become a child of God. But we need to take courage if we are one of those helping, or maybe we are to be an example, maybe we are to help them up. And we need to be courageous about that because we can also have fear of that. Well, I'm just not good enough to help somebody else. <laughs> you, know, I, you, know, you know, the issues I have, well, that can be pride. That can be pride. God has put you here for a purpose. And his purpose is to bring glory to him in his kingdom. So if you have a nail in your life sticking up by that porch floor and it keeps hurting, start asking questions. Doesn't mean that you might get the question right away or the answer right away. But start asking the questions because God will answer. He will answer you. He will deliver you. You, you can be free. You are worthy because of Christ. He has made you worthy. And worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is Christ to do that. Because He was without blemish. He was perfect. He is perfect. He gave His life so that I don't have to. So that I don't have to be destroyed. So that I can be free. Because I am that amazingly made by a creator that is perfect, that has love, that is unmatched on this earth. So let's remember that we are made in the image of God and we are a, a creation of God and we're very important to God. We can remember that. So God bless.